Path Podcast. Today, I am happy to be joined by an old friend uh, I made in my musical aspiration, in my musical life, my earlier musical life. Um, this is uh, Johnny Catlow. Uh, so, Johnny, if you want to introduce and say hello. Hello, everybody. I'm Johnny Catlow. I know Luke from back in the day, 10 or so years ago, our bands were playing together in Metal Seal. He was a karate instructor. I attended a few of your classes, actually, eh, Luke? Yeah, I remember. I remember. You, know, you kind of got me up to speed on uh, <laughs> uh, kata training, which was really cool. Yeah, yeah. No, that was a that was a really fun time because I you, you never knew it at the time, but like that was the days when you could go to shows every weekend and there was lots of bands playing and even though there was drama within all of that, there was still a lot more fun. <laughs> so yeah, uh, you know what's different from back then to nowadays is like I remember going to Megadeth concerts where you're down in the crowd and it was nothing but wet hair just yeah. slapping you in the face oh yeah you think you about mosh pits yeah <laughs> can you imagine that now oh I well I I have to assume we're going to come back to it at some point because it was I hope so yeah I mean yeah it's it's been a wild wild couple years and and since i haven't seen you since before all the chaos started the last couple of years um do you want to you want to talk about maybe um what what's been going on with for, for you in the last little while well it was working as a comedy hypnotist and doing live music performance i play guitar and sing and a couple of projects and uh you know when the pan we were doing pretty well i think between those two things which are great it was awesome but you know the pandemic comes along 2020 february and put a stop to all that so i instantly lost my jobs and i had been an entrepreneur for a long time i hadn't worked a regular job in a really long time so that was an adjustment and i was really used to being my own boss and like <laughs> not having to deal with anybody else mm -hmm. i didn't really i moved away from the city in 2016 2017 i just had this weird feeling in my gut where it was like i gotta get the fuck out of here hmm. and, and i didn't know what was wrong and i was like going around and i finally one day i remember it clicked and i was just like i gotta go back to the the woods <laughs> where i grew up and uh get away from the city which was what i did but I was still doing comedy hypno and I was still doing records. Like I, I got my studio here out in the woods, right? So I was doing like, I, I played the metal group traditionally. And then when I, I started doing hip hop and pop with my brother producing that, which paid a lot more money than the metal did. <laughs> and uh, so we were enjoying that, you know, aspect of, of music and performing uh, going really well. And in a native culture vibe, like we're, we're uh, I'm from the Natlewatin Native First Nation band, and uh, so we kind of had this group out here, like doing that kind of stuff, and it was going really well. But you know, the pandemic came up, and now we're not. We we did play some shows, but they're not like coming down the pipe like they were before because of live venues getting bodies in the room and same with the comedy hypnosis it's just there's no way you can it involves like touching people's hands get, get strangers passed out on each other from the crowd volunteers yeah. and stuff like that so it's just you can't do it yeah uh, so i ended up getting a, a regular jack-off job <laughs> which is actually not really regular i'm doing film and communications for the res here 
and, mm-hmm. and it's really fun and i'm working close to home so I, I i'm really thankful about that and i still am close enough to the woods where i feel comfortable all the time so yeah yeah i um i think about that myself being still in the city quite a bit because I, I grew up on vancouver island and it was a lot less city than, than vancouver but yeah no um you know it's interesting you you bring up the uh, with the hypnotist stuff that you were doing, um, where you have to make physical contact to a small degree with certain things, because it's part of the way that the perception and the, and the experience of the, of the event goes. And of course, for me, with, with teaching martial arts, I mean, obviously, you have to be able to interact with the person to learn martial art. Um, and, and, you know, it's one of these things where it's like, okay, well, did anybody really like assess what, how valuable those things are compared to anything else? Because like, one of the stories I get from a lot of people right now is when the pandemic first hit, uh, including myself, um, it was like, holy shit, what is this? Like, what's going on? I want to be careful. I want to be have that extra layer of caution. But as the information comes out more and more, and it's like, well, wait a minute, do we really need to push all of this stuff all the time? Or can we like start to edge towards a little bit more of our normal behaviors? Um, and, 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 and that question to me always comes back to like, you know, do we need to make kids wear masks all day at school? I don't really think that's really helpful for the kid. And I think they're losing something when that happens. So, so maybe, you know, maybe initially having no rock shows, no hypnotist shows made some sense out of a, an abundance of caution, but at some point, aren't those things important? Don't they have a place? Yeah, I think you're right. I, I don't think they should make kids wear masks all day at school. I don't know, man. Like, I'm, I'm not down with the whole thing because it's, uh, well, for one thing, like, when I don't know if you noticed, but like in 2016, when Trump became the president, everybody was like really divided. Mm-hmm. And it, it was like getting ridiculous. And with the beginning of social media still being pretty young and we're all on it, and people are just like, it just became very clear to me that people were um, really impatient with each other and just lots of hatred and vitriol and just bashing each other over the head with their opinions and then going ballistic on social media, like character assassinations and all kinds of things. Like people love to call each other Nazis. Like you're the Nazi of this, the Nazi of that. And like <laughs> they're just so quick to go there. Like, and uh, for me, like I'm a person that I like everybody, like, I'm, I'm not saying that, you know, but like in native culture, we have a saying, all my relations, we have the flag, it's a red, yellow, mm. white, and black. It's like, it's supposed to be all the colors of all the different people of the earth. Mm-hmm. And I really love this saying that Bruce Lee had, which was, uh, he, he said something like, oh, there's only one race in God's eyes. It's the human <laughs> race. It just so happens we're all different. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really cool. So yeah, I, I, I think with the, the pandemic, I think it's, they tr- there's a lot of things that they're, they're trying to make about race right now. Mm. And I just don't think it fits. I think it's more about uh, state, uh, religious institutions that are very satanic, that claim they claim Christ, but they actually do satanic things. State, the religion, and the, of course the royalty you know like those guys are just and you know like these are the entities that are causing problems for everybody yeah so in my opinion 
So uh, I think one of the points you made there that that really is a, a crux of so much is is your is how Trump affected people's general thinking, because when he came into the to the presidency, it was such a shock, especially to the people that hated anything that he represented. Right, that that yeah. extreme or left version of the Democratic Party in the states. Right. And what happens when people get um, kind of, I don't know, more, more, get a feeling more of desperation out of a situation where they think that like the worst possible outcome is, is manifesting. So they're like, oh my God, we're going to start freaking out more as they grip tighter into their ideologies. And then they become less communicative to people on the other team and everything. And I remember when Trump was in office thinking, holy shit, I've never seen people really this crazy about yeah. <laughs> anything like this, like this is weird, but it still was like out there and like in the, in the, in the, in the, you know, the media world outside of my life, it was, it was pretty distant. Yes. Um, but the pandemic seems to have been like a vehicle for, for that split of like team division, divisive teamness. And, and, you know, we're going to label this group or that group in, into an extreme that I didn't even know was really possible necessarily. Um, so, no, I mean, I shouldn't say I didn't know it was possible. I just didn't think it was actually going to ever manifest in my life. I thought this was too far away. Yeah. So, yeah, so growing up, growing up in the 80s and the 90s, you don't you don't think about stuff like that, right? <laughs> no. Uh, and <clears throat> it's what 21 and it's just so different. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah, I am. Um, people are like, okay, they're they're like really out of shape. Yeah. And they they're like, you got to be healthy by injecting yourself with, you know, the government's needles. You do mm. that, you can be healthy like me. Yeah. Well, like, those people aren't even healthy though. Yeah, well, the disconnect too, because like, you know, there was programs where it was like, you know, get a jab and get a free donut. And it's like, is, 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 <laughs> like, <laughs> what, what's the priority here? What, what are we doing? Yeah. Is it health that, that they're really interested in? Is it everybody's health? Do they, the government care about the old people? Does the government care about the children? Yeah. You know, and that's the question. Yeah. Uh, does, the government care about the old people and the children like like that's the whole premise of this whole thing right I, well, you, so and then i'm sorry but like yeah uh, the residential school right hmm. in camelops they found those 215 children and uh in an unmarked grave right uh, and then there's another bunch of residential schools all across the country i think the number's at like 7500 and over dead children thrown mass graves and again, this comes from uh, the Royal Institution, the, the Vatican, and the state. And it's not like white people and, and Indians and stuff like that. It's, yeah, there's that aspect of Canada, but I think that we're more united now than even before. It's, it's for me, I find it to be more of a question of, of the state, like I said, and these, these powerful entities that are big, you know, and we're just, if you're a person that a native fella or a white fella or a black fella or whatever you are, right? Like if you're a working class, we're kind of all down on the same thing here. And um, it's these huge institutions that are coming down on us all really hard. But then, you know, we get these things that you make it about race, you make it about gender, or you make it about minorities or whatever, when it's, which, it, yeah, those are issues. They are. But are they the, for, 
Like, you know, it seems like we're all bogged down in that kind of stuff and the semantics sure. and all, all that so that we can't really, like, if you think about uh, what with the Epstein guy, Jeffrey Epstein, mm. I think I saw on your email, that dude was under <laughs> lock and key suicide watch and he killed him. Like, it's a total conspiracy, man. And nobody seems to give a shit. <laughs> Just like those 7,500 children in mass graves, that, like, like people... Uh, stole them from their families and stuck them in these what i call satanic institutions and then they raped them and, and murdered them and i'll tell you man my my dad went to residential school he's a survivor and his dad before him and his his uncles and stuff like that we got some weird stories that come down like like a dude one of these guys that ran the school was uh Oh, I don't want to say names, but it was a person very close and he was being raped by this guy and his best friend too. And the, and the guy would uh, do that. And he, he eventually murdered one of the kids, his best friend, or he killed him. And then, so he, he was doing the autopsy on him. And he, so he had that guy, his best friend, helping him do the autopsy. This guy, like that, he raped both of them, and, and now they're both in the autopsy, and one kid's dead, and he's like, "Here, hold his guts," or whatever. So he's got to hold his guts in his hand. Like this is the type of shit you don't really hear about, but it comes, and I wouldn't even have known that, but it was passed down. Like you just hear about it. Like people don't talk about this stuff, right? But it's pretty evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, I mean, I, I, I was aware of that idea for a while. It was interesting that it became public and 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 has been established now and you know i firm believer in the idea that whatever the truth is it needs to come out it needs to be shown to the world what actually happened so that because i don't think you can make sense of things if you don't understand how we got to wherever we happen to be yeah and this will set you free for sure yeah and and so um it's being very clouded mm -hmm. been obfuscated Yes. when i was doing <laughs> when i was doing hypnosis a lot i was uh, a magician right and there's a lot of things you do as a magician to to like make the the effect happen or whatever the desired outcome <coughs> you think about uh 10 moves ahead mm-hmm. you know and, and plan for all the contingencies and stuff and i feel like that's kind of what's going on and when you when you don't you know there's there's smoke that helps there's yeah mirrors lighting dark Mm -hmm. like any of these things can help you uh make it happen but like uh also misdirection Mm -hmm. misdirection is the big one like where it it was like if you're doing something in your left hand you make them look at the right hand yeah and you like you'll flicker the card or, or shake it or do something not to give away any of the secrets, but you know, you, <laughs> you, <laughs> you appeal to the animal brain mm-hmm. by flickering and that takes the focus and there's perception without awareness. They call it perception without awareness. Yes. Going yes. On, you, you're perceiving, you're not aware of what's going on. Yeah. yeah. So I think that that might be where the key to the whole issue of how, how you're framing with the, um, the, the institutions, the large scale ones that seem to have lost all con- connection to humanity or compassion or reasonable behavior even, um, is, is where does your attention go? Because if your attention can be directed without your conscious awareness, then you can be led into like participating in all kinds of this. You could be a victim of it. 
you can get yeah. PTSD from looking at, like Nietzsche said, if you look into the abyss too long, mm. it stares back at you and you don't want to be that guy. But that's interesting too, because Nietzsche also said that um, God is dead because we've killed him. And he's talking about the fact that religion was taken out of the societal sort of framework for thinking. And um, that has come up with a number of guests I've had on the podcast. And I think it's, it's an accurate thing in that how do you where does your attention go is is where is your excuse me where does your morality look like what how do you frame your life like what what do you see when you look at the world do you see a an opportunity for profit or do you see a opportunity to get power and gain over others or do you see like this beautiful harmonious existence that we're just like these little specks that sort of emerged out of that allow us to to exist yeah that's a good question because it comes down to what you're carrying around your heart. Like, okay, so the news says it's like this. It's really scary. Somebody ate a bat and now we're all, you, you look on the news, they got one level, right? And you could yeah. be down on that level. You could be there like, ah, yeah. You could be living from there uh, or you could, you know, the, the, the scared lady down the street and she's like, oh my God, you know, like you could be living at her level or your buddy calls you up and he's telling you all his problems and you're like, oh my smokes, you know, and, oh, but I think for me, I thought about it and I'm like, it almost has to be like, you have to uh, look out your window and recognize the grace that under which you live. Mm-hmm. for instance and this is what i mean is like if if you go to hell there's no water there right mm-hmm. no water in hell okay and so but there's water here you can have a drink of refreshing awesome water you're <laughs> made of water right mm-hmm. like you're 60 or whatever the science follow the science you're like 60 percent water or something like that sure. so uh, the fact that you know water is um changed by vibrations like I've seen these videos where people are changing the structure of water with sound mm. and your, your DNA has like this, this big code that is written out very intricately. Uh, and they say, Oh, a bunch of your DNA is junk DNA, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't do anything, but is it? Because like, if you are made of water, you, that DNA is kind of like that. And uh, I think you can unlock certain things in yourself with certain vibrations not to sound like a hippie or anything but like uh i think you like chanting or like native song like if you heard powwow music makes you feel a certain way when you hear it right like mm. the drum the vibration mm-hmm. of the drum or the or the rattle uh, or the chant or the hum like whoa, you know like that humming mm-hmm. uh, makes it, it it can uh i feel like it can help your dna express like what you what you're feeling all the time the vibrations you're made of water you can unlock your dna and have it express in certain ways i think and i think that has to do with prayer and uh, honoring god the creator Mm. so that when you you uh sing or you drum you recognize you're praising uh the creator Mm. so that you're uh like to live from where not the news or CNN or Fox or whatever, not to live from fear, but to look out the window and be like, yeah, it's raining and you can uh, honor God and honor your fellow man. Mm-hmm. And, and that you reflect that 
live from that space and hmm. everything else is going on you could be way up here on your own little island of, of that you know and mm -hmm. yeah it doesn't mean that that shit's not going on out in the world but it's like um i can't remember where i heard this but it was like mountain climbers you know they say they climb a big mountain and they they don't look down right? <laughs> yeah they focus on their three foot world like what's three feet around you yeah because yeah. that's all goodness is you if you focus on your three foot world you're living under the grace of god because you're living in within the touch of water <laughs> water sacred water you, yeah you're yeah. you are water well Amen. yeah yeah so that's that's my little personal philosophy of where i've come to try to endeavor to be uh living from you know because if i don't do that i'll yeah, have an anxiety attack listening mm. to the crap that's going on out there right right and and i think that's 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 yeah that's super important um i, I always think about like wh where do you what do you like what do you see when you look out your window like i see a world that i somehow emerged into and i don't know how i came here exactly but i'm here and 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 i really like being alive i like doing things with other people i like other people in general i like activities i like every games whatever um but those are all actions right and they're, they're actions that come about because you just you have a, a, a you know movement in the sense that you get up and go do something or your mind moves into some way of thinking or there, there's a movement in that sense so it's interesting that um in like a i study chinese medicine now something i never had I, i've probably been doing since about when you left Vancouver. So it's been about that long. Mm -hmm. um, and so if somebody has depression, they say that the yang energy is not rising. It's not coming up and trying to reach out into the world to do things, to take on action. And of course, that's a very simplistic generalization in a lot of ways. And I'm not trying to like, you know, clinically diagnose anything, but just if mm -hmm. a person's energy is low and they're not wanting to, um, if, and they feel kind of bad about things, they're, they're not reaching out in to do something that you're not willing to take that action and that that's kind of like the basis you need you know to, to have an enjoyable life you need to sort of set to is i'm going to get up and take on the challenge i'm going to do the things and so that three foot world makes perfect sense within that framework however to play to play the devil's advocate a little bit i think covid also brought up this problem with um if you're like one of the few people that really want to just sort of live your life and the rest of the group is like, no, 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 no. You got to do all these other, that can become a problem too. Right? Yeah, no doubt. Well, yeah. I mean, there's some scary shit going on. I mean, you look on, I don't know. Have you been on TikTok or anything? Um, I don't, I haven't got to TikTok, but I do I, have a Twitter. It's, it's pretty wild. Like, don't look at, uh, don't go on TikTok and start looking at booties and stuff like that. <laughs> It'll be a never-ending echo chamber of bullshit like that. But if you, if you start to look at like topics, right? Like hmm. interest. Uh, I'm just wondering, like, if mine's like an echo chamber now because I just get all these <laughs> videos that are like the same thing, like conspiracy this. Oh yeah. Like that. Because um, uh, I look at that stuff, right? Well, you know, and you I, see like these videos from people in Australia, and I don't know if it's like what's mm. going on in Australia, but it seems like a lot of crazy shit's going on in Australia. There certainly is. Um, and see, this is one of the things that's been rattling me a little bit in the last seven to eight months, especially, and actually kind of mo motivated me with the podcast was the reality of vaccine passports and the idea that they really were going to create a digital ID that meant that you were allowed based on the government's approval to go to the restaurant, to go to the pub, to do this kind of thing. I was like, whoa, whoa, I don't care what this is about. This is like, 
this is an overreach. You don't get to decide based, you know, that, like that type of thing. Yeah. Um, so that shook me up a bit. And now, yeah. Um, the most extreme examples in the world, as I understand it right now, are in Australia and Austria, for some reason, um, where in Austria, they're going to make it legal that you have to get a vaccination or you, you'll be fined, heavily fined, or possibly go to jail if you like just as a citizen, just yeah. mandatory. And in I Australia, think they put those people in jail that made that up. You'd think, you know, they, I yeah. think that, yeah, I really do. I think it's a fuck these fucking assholes. Um, get rid of them. They're idiots. <laughs> you, but this is idiots. Oh, but this is my issue too with like the institutional evil arc is that those are still limited groups of people. It's the ability for, of, of, it's the group consensus that allows these things to matter, you know, be managed. Yeah, I know. It's like uh, you have to, oh, it's so weird. But have you ever seen that movie Cabin in the Woods? Uh, where, where it's a bunch of teenage kids and it's like a horror movie and they go to a cabin in the woods it has a big I, I can't the cabin has got all these different curses in it and if uh, you screw around they wait it's like the government and they're like doing an experiment where the kids gotta like trigger off one of these curses and then it comes and kills them and then the old gods are happy and they were, they're not going to come and destroy everybody blah, 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 okay blah. for another year we're safe or whatever oh, okay but that's the premise of the movie and then in the movie, the guys like uh, they go to a gas station, as you do in a in a horror movie setting. But at the start, they hey, they go act up at some gas station, and the guys like, hey, you kids are gonna fucking die down there. You're like, don't go down. And they're like, screw you, man. And they go, and he's they call him the harbinger, uh huh. Because in the if, if the ritual is to be complete, there has to be a harbinger, hmm. and he has to be ignored. Mm. so that they can otherwise they can't be marked out they, they haven't transgressed oh i get it I and they can't it. be marked out for the punishment yeah and i thought when i heard that in that movie i was like holy shit like that that's is that kind of what the like's going on here like it's there has to be a harbinger and you have to ignore it mm. what and, would and then and then you're the transgressor you're part of the ritual well Okay, so back when I did a deep dive into the occultist, dark occultist stuff to understand it, um, I came to understand that a big part of the ritual was that the victim had to basically agree to be the victim. Right? Like you couldn't be forced on them. They had to have some kind of consensus to do what they're going to do, even if it was like a really obscure way of getting there and this tricky, bullshitty kind of murky thing. It was still had to be part. So that, I think that's kind of what you're talking about. Yeah, and there's a set of um, rules. Yeah, but... What I always under when I always saw with that stuff was like, yeah, you could you can like transport that over to like general societal behavior in some way, in a lot of ways. Um, but but it's the fact that people are like they're not really engaging in full, proper, accurate thinking that keeps that process possible where they will, you know, mindlessly walk to McDonald's and get really, really, really fat and never think, hey, this is not a good idea, right? Like that, that that that's not like a complete proper usage of your brain of your frontal cortex like there's some some that's it's not there so like is that really consent consent is that really like or is it like i don't I, it gets weird to me there yeah i don't i don't make the rules but like if like they if you go by the conspiracies like you look at like i don't know the denver airport <laughs> <laughs> the mural have you seen it have you seen uh, the mural 
I've I've heard yes yes it's been it a looks while. like the pandemic it basically is the pandemic yeah <laughs> it's really weird man so you know who knows and then you're just like la 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 hey I'm okay I, I you know like as long as my three foot maybe maybe it's not so great to take care of your three foot world you know because we're like as long as it doesn't affect my little bubble I'm okay. <laughs> It's it's away from me. That's those people over there. It's Australia. It's down under. Like no, you know, as yeah. long as it doesn't come here, you know. And everybody's just yeah. like complacent. One of the elders told me something recently. It was a I did a little uh, film last year. It's a short docu drama. Um, working with this elder. So where I'm from, there is uh, in our heritage, there's shape shifting, right? Mm. So if you were, I'm Dakas, right? Uh, half breed, but you know, like uh, I grew up in in the clan system. I'm here on the res, you know. And, okay. Um, they call that carrier, or the white people would call it carrier, carrier Indians, right? But um, so a part of like a carrier man could be in two places at once when he's hunting, huh? Or he could, or he could change into like a bird or a fish, huh? Stuff like that. And uh, so there's a bunch of that in our. Uh, in our history yeah. so we were he this elder told me the story of this guy Nangwat, who was a chief back in 1806 something like this and he was the, the last shapeshifter or whatever and how he uh, they were going to build a house here on the res uh, the fort from the fort or like they didn't want to build a, a, a white man house as they call it <laughs> and uh but so the one big chief, though, Kale Chow, he said, yeah, OK, you guys can build your house over there. I gave him a bunch of rules. It's got to be like this. Stay over there. Don't do it. And he let them build. And then his 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 other war chief, Nangwat, was like off in the world, whatever, and heard about this this house. And he's all pissed off. You know, No way Kale Chow would let him do that. Eh? So he went back there and he like shapeshifted to animals. He was going to kill a bunch of people. But at the behest of his own people, he did not. So he was taken prisoner and placed on this island and uh, he shapeshifted and flew away. <laughs> and that's the story, right? So hmm. I don't even know why I brought that up or where I was going with that. But like, yeah, uh, just like, uh, yeah, there's some weird stuff out there, you know? It's yeah. not explained. And this is alternative history. And it's mm -hmm. not from that far away. You know, and there's abilities in there that, could be construed as uh, I don't know like what it is you know what I mean well there, there's there's always that limit to what you can possibly claim to know like I know I know what how my fridge functions well enough that I can rely on it but I don't really understand how the universe exactly functions I don't know what the limits are to what possibilities are um, it is interesting I mean this is one of those big big overarching themes that I think helps explain so much of the world is um, that whatever Western civil, for all Western civilizations value, which has definitely got values, it has stripped itself of the connection to spiritual beliefs and, and spiritual meaning and, and spiritual potentials. And like what, what could come up, come about and if a person really, you know, got more into touch with that, the possibility, we don't know, we don't have that in, in contemporary life. Um, and yeah, so I really, I've, I've always loved what I get, like, I get this feeling when I hear stories like that about like possibility. I mean, 
there's some unfortunate, you know, dark elements to that in that sense too, because people were always rough to each other. But just what is potential? What what could be done? Like, why can't we more more freely explore that potential um, without getting silly about it? Of course. Yeah, and like, uh, why? So why did the native people get so persecuted or genocided or whatever it was? Was it just for land and resources, or was it something else too? Like what if they were shape-shifting and doing this stuff where you know you had these powerful medicines and like stuff like that that needed to be squashed out, needed to be stamped off the face of the earth for why? Hmm. Like um, so uh for instance, like okay. Oh, King Arthur, right? King Arthur uh, okay. in Avalon. Uh, yeah. in england right this was those yeah. guys were clans they were clansmen they were tribes like yeah. they had the, the druidic age and they were doing all that stuff and i don't know if that involves human sacrifice or whatever but like um so there was dark aspects to it and then the age of christ came and it, it kind of like the, the mists of avalon faded the, the clans were no more uh, you know it was just uh there was the uh, the grail and all that stuff and mm. the new age so that all that other stuff went the way of the dodo and mm. it was gone and in, then they came over here later and there was stuff like that again and mm. uh for instance uh, one of the elders here on the res told me a story his grandfather took him to this cave a long time ago and uh, they were in this cave and there was all these uh pictographs on the ceiling everywhere mm. it was, and it told of the news of, of the goings on of all the nations, people to the north, people to the west, people to the east, south. Hmm. And uh, like, just like lots of different pictographs. That, it was like a place of meeting. And huh. you could see all these different things. On, he said he was a really young boy and he wasn't really paying much attention. He was just like kicking his feet, whatever. <laughs> his grandpa told him and he's like okay he's like you're gonna look for this place when you're older but you're not gonna be able to find it hmm. you're gonna come and look for this cave but it won't be here huh. and he's he's I've, he's tried to look for it and you can't find it and it's like it's local oh, wow. but like you know it's it's faded it's gone whatever that was ain't coming back Huh. So if, if you're thinking about like, for instance, uh, the Sasquatch, right? Sasquatch, <laughs> like for us, we call it Seslaw. 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 Yeah. And Seslaw. Uh, and um, they were just like people. They had families that lived up over that way. <laughs> my great grandmother, you know, and this is just passed down by. Uh, or oration or whatever like people talk but like you know and i hear this from other elders right but i know a lot of elders from around the rest and um they tell me stuff oh your grandmother knew those guys like there was a family of them whatever and i'm sure you know there's a lot to it there huh but i, I think that when the settlers came uh, those beings whatever went into retreat huh for whatever reason i don't know and um just like that cave you know yeah or like the last shapeshifter it sounds uh, almost like 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 if you were writing like a i don't know um, like a fantasy novel you could say that there's like a dimensional portal or something where it's like you're not connecting to this anymore anymore that 
used to manifest it. Like it's all frequency. Like it's all dependent on where you're. And yet you're, there's still echoes of it today. Yeah. Well, you know, and I have, I feel like it has something to do with your DNA maybe and that vibration that we were talking about before. Yeah. Um, sorry. Um, Cause there is a, there is a consistency within this some this dynamic between the forces of darkness so to speak um that strip that spiritual potential away from a culture and then that's you know that happened with the european pagans initially and then it spread itself out through colonialization around the world <coughs> excuse me and it was it was got that it was had that direction right like we're going to ruin the 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 practices of people that have genuine contact with spirit world to some degree in, in a way that we can so we can control it effort but to, what i think about right now like in terms of context of the modern times is how how if you look psychologically at a person who's uh, gravitates heavily towards authoritarianism a person that really wants to control every detail of everything all the time and including other people in order to sustain that false sense of security that that authority they think they have establishes they're willing they dehumanize other people that disagree with them and so then when that happens the other person on the other team on the other side of the aisle and the other tribe or whatever it is their their value of their life as a human stops having a, a, a meaning to 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 the framework of the person and what they're trying to do and now i think about those two things as almost like layers you can overlay on top of each other where you have like this mundane psychological behavior that people behave in all the time but then you have this like spiritual layer that comes in where you can put on much more archetypal mythological meaning to the behavior. And it also explains more of the, the, the eventual play out and why you can predict behaviors can go, go in a certain way. Yeah. So, yeah. I, and the elder said something to me. He's like, he's like, these aren't legends. This is just our history. <laughs> Yeah, and again, it's all it's alternative history. Yeah, when you go, you grow up in Canada, you learn social studies, and you learn about Alexander <laughs> Mackenzie and all these dudes. Yeah. They were pioneering in the canoes and scurvy and whatever, right? Yeah. yeah. But you never really hear about Nanguat hmm. or Kale Cho, and these guys are—they were the big chiefs, man. Like, yeah, they were. There's something going on there. There's a lot of history there that ain't in no book. And mm -hmm. it's really interesting. It's really oh, yeah. interesting. And but if most people would be like, this is nonsense. When, mm. they, hear that. when they hear it, they're gonna first instinct, this is nonsense. I've heard I've heard that before people say that. But for me, I guess when you grow up that way, like I, when I was a kid, we grew up, I grew up on the res out in the sticks we had no electricity no running water nothing like that the bush came right up to the front door and you know over years and years of a lifetime we landscaped and pushed back the brush and built new structures and horse corrals or whatever and made it more into a homestead or something like this but back then you know it was like if you want to go to the bathroom, you got to go to the outhouse in the middle of the night. And it's like a little trail through the woods. And I was, you know, that's what it was. And yeah. when you grow up, like, like if I remember when we first got electricity and running water and stuff like that, and it was a big deal. And, uh, and you know, it was funny because when the, the power would go out a lot and it was a cool time because when the power would go out, you know, dad, would, he was a 
bush native man or whatever so he was prepared for all this stuff all the time he uh, liked it right he would like get out his uh coleman burner or whatever, <laughs> and he'd start telling me like scary ass stories <laughs> <laughs> sometimes i think about like my, my upbringing and stuff like yeah he, he didn't hold back on that like it was like oh, really let's get, tell the scary stories to the kids and be like okay time for bed <laughs> stuff like that. oh yeah because because with native lifestyle when you grow up in the res you, you're privy to a lot of wild stories mm. that you probably never heard of Mm. and but we all know them they're kind of like urban legends and stuff mm. you know and they're pretty trippy like you can get into some wild topics so tell you what actually that's an interesting jumping point because um i i on a much lighter note um coming from that how did you get find yourself in getting to be a metal band because that must have been an interesting process uh, i think uh I, when i was growing up i played a lot of hockey and mm. It was very competitive attitudes and I first come into the dressing room one day and they were playing ACDC. <laughs> it's not even metal, but like, you know, yeah, I just love that. Like the, yeah. the energy of it, like the, the, the force of it, like uh, as an outlet for like rage or anger or any one of these things, or just to express yourself musically, but with a lot <laughs> of energy. I loved Angus Young and like that whole, the, his whole energy. Mm. For me, it was that. It was music. The love of music, like Ludwig van Beethoven, I really loved. Like his, again, like going back to like like his character or whatever it was, like he felt it in the music. Hmm. I really liked that, you know. So I guess uh, it was rock and classical. Yeah. And just like... Uh, and then later, listening to like uh, Pantera, I guess, hmm. or Metallica, or Megadeth, or something like this. So not, you know, still not super hardcore, hardcore metal, but it was metal enough for me, man. And Sinatra, yeah. I like Slayer, or stuff like that. And yeah. and then having been classically trained, wanting to write like cool music and yeah. perform and be in a band it was really just about that really it wasn't anything like i want to be famous or i want to hmm. get get the bitches or whatever it was nothing like that it was it was just uh it was just a, a need to to play rock and roll and to be a bit wild or whatever or to like an outlet for the the rage or the anger or whatever you want to call it well yeah, and that's part of what i what i, what I was sort of thinking about a bit too because we both can say that story, like my life, that's what it was. It was just, I was drawn to it. I don't know how exactly or why or exactly, but I was drawn to it. And I connected with this desire to express fiery, angry, emotive energy. And, you know, I think that that's, that's important though, because like those outlets, which are, you know, being held back right now, um, they sort of help you sustain your, your, your sense of balance because, uh, and, and then it's, you know, if you want to get into more of the, the almost the conspiratorial um, cultural issues of today, there's a, there's not a lot of emphasis on masculinity as a positive and the masculine being something that in, has a certain sense of empowerment. And that power to me is, you know, largely testosterone. It's largely like, I want to, you know, like scream the to the invisible orange, right? I want to hold that power in my hands and feel that charge, that fiery charge. And there's nothing wrong with that. It just needs a place to focus itself so it doesn't do anything else. 
and really is is that whole holding the fiery orange is that masculine energy or is that female yeah, <laughs> yeah. right yeah. Like, there's a lot of aspects of metal like <laughs> wearing yeah. tight pants and stuff yeah. long hair and stuff that are more feminine than, than yeah. they are masculine and uh, i i always thought that was cool i you know for me when i was young i just didn't like doing what other people were doing yeah <laughs> i always wanted to be the guy going i don't know what the hell was wrong with me but i just like you know like i just did not like well, okay so here's here's our i think what was it in the 90s our lady piece or whatever and then, <laughs> totally into this band and hey, hey you know what i listen to it now and i'm like yeah it's for whatever yeah i good band but back yeah. then i just i just despised it I don't know. well okay so so you know this is interesting though because um psychological traits like there's there according to clinical psychology there's five basic behavioral traits that everybody has some amount of in various degrees and one of them they call is uh, agreeableness and so how agreeable are you upon meeting a person or coming into a situation do you like seek to agree all the time or do you are you willing to say no basically yeah. Um, and I think there's a lot of people that like metal and they like it because it kind of gives them a chance to say, no, I'm different. No, I'm not going to be the, the little in-group thing. I'm going to have this kind of weird, unique flavor to myself. But th that's also the people that are first ones to say to the government, hey, you can't overreach your power like this. Um, because that that's an, it's like they're, they're like antibodies to, to corruption, right? They're the ones that people that pop their heads up first and say, no, 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 this is wrong. So it's it's a very positive thing if it's directed that way. Yeah, like you listen to Slayer, like Angel of Death, right, or something like this, and you're like, oh my god, these lyrics are negative. But yeah, but is is it any different than Wagner or Mahler to have mm -hmm. like uh, the Romantic era was very about death. It wasn't about anything romantic, really. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't about kissing and smooching. It was about, <laughs> it was about dying and shit. Yeah. And losing your love and all this crap. Like, oh yeah. Me and Juliet, they got fucking poisoned. They were fucked, right? Like Shakespeare yeah. knew it. It was about despair. And the romantic era, like Wagner and Mahler, they're just that was the art of it. Like just like Slayer, you're pointing at the the not so nice parts. Mm-hmm to say yeah but that's that's a thing and yes. like you said like only a, only a metalhead would point that out and other people are too uncomfortable for it right or like they don't enjoy that it's too abrasive whatever mm. and you know like i don't listen to angel of death every day but there are times you know there are times and yeah i don't i listen to less and less metal now i don't know what's going on but like you know like i like um eclectic music i didn't mm. you know i love metal i, I express myself as metal you know, in a lot of my writing style mm -hmm. uh now i find myself playing a lot more piano and just singing oh, yeah my voice uh, it's good enough for me i do write some metal songs and then you know whatever i'm doing producing for the hip-hop projects or whatever yeah which is fun too um these days i'm less and less into music and more and more into like martial arts actually Oh, yeah. I'm, really, I'm really digging, especially since the pandemic and having to work with people all the time where I didn't before, before I was an entrepreneur and I was my own boss, but now I have to work with people and I got to mm. be around people all the time and I got to serve and do these things with an amicable attitude <laughs> and, you know, I got to be diplomatic or whatever. And that's really difficult sometimes uh, yeah. for me. That, that's like one of the aspects of my personality that Hmm. 
why I probably played metal. And <laughs> I was an entrepreneur that didn't work with anyone. Yeah. Like, yeah, I did shows, but I would be there and then I'd be gone. Right? Like, yeah. And uh, so <laughs> I'm losing my train of thought here, but like, uh, what was I saying again? <laughs> so, so that we're sort of on that theme of like metals unique sort of temperament the signature aspect of it that draws you into being more disagreeable certainly to a certain degree or, or standing alone and that kind of thing mm -hmm. but then that value um when you're young is that it kind of gives you a, an ability to create an identity that is unique you get to say i'm i'm not just like everybody else i get to be more unique but i think as you get older it's like what what utility do you get out of that like can you is your is your um, ability to engage in the world helping right yeah, like, yeah, so again, that's what I was saying. Martial arts uh -huh. helps me to, um, helps me to uh, calibrate myself so that I'm not giving too much of myself mm -hmm. uh, to other people. Uh, I guess I'm, I have a lot of empathy. I think that's why I did good as a hypnotist. And maybe that's why I was an entertainer in metal mm -hmm. and stuff like that too. I don't know, but like, uh, yeah, the martial arts helps you to safeguard yourself in a way. Uh, so when I was growing up, it was like karate, taekwondo, and then it got into the Brazilian jiu-jitsu and stuff. And I, I to toyed with some ninjutsu and stuff like that, boxing, kickboxing. Hmm. And even uh, like very briefly with you, refreshing me with some of those karate katas even though i was so distant in my past at that point too and i hadn't trained much and now i find myself here in 2021 and i uh, i'm doing kung fu now oh interesting yeah and it's a correspondence lessons with a shaolin monk and mm. it's, really, it's really cool uh because their discipline and their mindset and everything it's kind of like what you said earlier about you have to get up and you have to do it even though you don't want to i can't remember what the meaning of kung fu is but it's almost like some something with acquired skill with effort or something yeah. like that yeah and uh i think that's really cool like i love the kung fu because it's it's opening up a lot of the warm-ups and a lot of the stances are the same as karate in a way like the horse stance yeah. and the front stance and they call it mabu and gongbu uh, okay. and uh those stances build in a lot of just it's just doing them right with a good form it's like playing a blues scale right like hmm. if you don't play the blues scale right like you're gonna have a crappy technique and it's <laughs> gonna sound like shit <laughs> yep but if you are really careful with your form and your technique at first you, you build in the right proper technique mm -hmm. and then later you can you can improvise you can solo you can you can make songs and riffs or whatever and i feel like martial arts is kind of like that i love the I love the forms and how with the discipline of putting your body into those positions that aren't comfortable, but they're really cool. Yeah. And I, I don't feel like I'm going to like learn Kung Fu and be like some fighter or like go kick ass or anything like that. I just love the aspect of the, the, the core uh, centering of it. Like the, the part of it is Qigong power stretching, power training, and of course, forms and, and stuff like that. So yeah, I just, I just love, love the discipline. It, and I feel like it gives you mental strength that you, yeah. you need to have that every day. And another thing I love about the Shaolin kind of stuff is how they train in the mountains. 
and it's it's awesome because like you you, get, you can go to the forest i heard this thing the other day it was like the higher up you the the higher up water is the more electric charge there is like the higher up you go like there's hmm. an electric charge so water that uh comes off the tip of a mountain it seeks that level of electricity yada yada voltage i can't remember I don't, know, I don't know crap about it, but it sounded really cool. It was like, <laughs> and then the water comes out, it has the highest electric voltage. It comes down the mountainside. And like, yeah. yeah, that's why the monks are so awesome because <laughs> they go up on the mountain and train. They're like all filled with electricity, like Goku or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, but I, I, I just, again, going back to like, even though the world seems to be exploding around you and everybody mm. is like, there's all this disarray it's kind of nice to have a good outlook you're looking forward to doing a forum in, in the forest or, yeah. mountain or something like this that's your day you don't yeah. have to like and yeah if they i guess if they come down the road with the concentration camps and start injecting needles with uh, drone hornets or whatever i don't know man but like pretty effed at that point but you know yeah well, so so, are you doing uh, animal forms then? Or are you doing like 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 tiger and leopard and that kind of thing? It was the uh, kung fu okay. training. Yeah, it's just very basic. Uh, it's the basic intro to kung fu. So yeah. Okay. The, the the closest I've got to an animal form so far would be like the, they call it the bird beak or whatever. <laughs> like, oh yeah, the crane. <laughs> I'm gonna grab your eyes out. <laughs> and and yeah, the cool thing about Shaolin monks is they train for the iron hand. So oh yeah you're, you're beating your hand against a tree or you're oh, yeah. stabbing your fingers into a block of wood or something trying to rip the bark off with your hand. <laughs> it's really cool man yeah i, I yeah, like cool. it a lot it, well, it, makes, it makes me happy that, that's that's right that's right I, I i understand but um you know this kind of comes around towards um i always like to try to 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 touch onto some thinking towards possible like good salute like solution to thinking something that could at least theoretically could help, right? And so, you know, there's a really interesting concept in Chinese medicine that um, relates to martial arts a lot, but relates to everything. And I, and I think you'll understand why. And what they do is they say that there's this thing called the Shen. And the Shen is a component of your energy that's basically your consciousness. Because right? there's more than you than just your consciousness, but that's obviously a focal point of it. So your Shen um, is said to reside in the heart. And okay, that makes, that you know, people grab that, but it really lives in the blood what that means is that the movement of the blood is compared to the movement of the mind so that when you move yourself around and you do some exercises and forms and all this kind of thing that's the mind being sort of circulated and pumped and primed and, and everything that there's a real profound connection then and one of the things that i was thinking about we were talking about this was like i've always found what, like you were talking about the, the shapeshifters um, idea i've always right. found that really fascinating and compared to the idea of animal forms in kung fu right like where you're not really becoming a tiger literally in that sense, but like, what are they doing? Are they tapping into like, so, like a frequency thing that maybe that, that is similar to the way a tiger behaves and you somehow embody that. And it's a fascinating way to think of it to me in that sense. Yeah. One of the things she, the way Shifu said was like, he's like, we were doing this one form and it was like, he's going through, it's like one of the first ones they teach you. Right. And like, there's some things in there. Like when you, if you haven't done it or trained in a long time, it's, it's difficult, right? Like you know, <laughs> struggling through sweating like a pig or whatever. <laughs> and uh, he says something like, uh, so when you do these forms, make sure you make the eyes like a tiger coming down the mountain, not a sad alley cat. 
<laughs> and it's like that's true because it's like if, if your eyes are looking like <laughs> you're looking all jacked up like eh, help me yeah. and, and, oh, you're not going to be in the right frame unless you're like looking like whoa like you're, you're a tiger coming down the mountain in the morning like the mist yeah. like it just helps visualizations yeah. metaphors not to be all hypnotic but those speak very directly into your psyche metaphors mm. stories archetypes whatever they go further than logic do you right yeah yeah and and that's part of i think what the whole framework of of the modern situation is like this lack of connection to what you could call the spiritual or the the deeper meaningful aspect of life and then the ways to come back to that are behaviors like the ritualized behaviors that engage you in recognizing you're more than just like the programming you're more than just like what has been set forth to you to to do based on consumerism and based on these other things is and and i think about the relationship between moving the blood through the body and ritual which is what a form is right and i think how that's really a that's got to be somewhere in the keys of keys like that's got to be one of the things that can get people to snap out of things is, is when they engage in a body embodied practice to in that sense yeah because like and it, this goes to another thing i heard a shaman monk say he was just like man you're, you're sitting around and your people are out of control of their mind like the mind is going it's over here it's over there it's over here and they don't know like they're, they're just like going with it. <laughs> they have no uh he's like you have to control that you can't just let it control you you can't just let it do what it wants to do all the time Mm -hmm. you have to that's why they you know, you know you gotta you gotta combine your body and your mind so that they're both in the same place at the same time and that was the kung fu right like the, and i think he's right about that like you get into that form and you're you're in your body you're you're thinking about is this like is my pelvis tilted the right way like and, mm -hmm. you know you gotta think about what does this form mean what are they trying to do with this like well you're you're thinking about a, a bunch of things so you're combining your body and your mind mm -hmm. and, and it's in a controlled fashion and maybe fashion is not even totally comfortable for you or mm -hmm. but you do with effort to acquire the skill or whatever i'm sure it's it's funny like you always see if you go on i always watch old boxing matches on the internet oh, yeah. or like uh, i love boxing like mike tyson i just loved <laughs> growing up i watched him and it was I, I i was lucky enough to grow up in that era when he was mm. the king you know just yeah. smashing out everybody it was so awesome oh yeah yeah and uh he, so some of the things i like to watch like that kind of stuff on like youtube i don't really watch ufc here mma per se myself like i, I get it like brazilian jiu-jitsu I did watch the UFC when it first came out and stuff. I thought mm. it was really cool then, like with Chemo and Hoyce Gracie and all these guys, Howard Payne. Oh, yeah. And uh, but uh, I, I liked it more then than I do now. But I still like to watch more obscure fights, like stuff mm. you don't really get to see, like you know, uh, like on YouTube. You can find some things, and they always have like these. Okay, so well, like Wing Chun, right? Hmm. what's the deal with Wing Chun like it's it's awesome like uh Ip Man and all this stuff right like and then you see all these videos where guys are getting Wing Chun guys are getting like you know beat up oh like, I see yeah. you, you know what I mean like it, yeah it, it, they're, they're like oh hey guy will tear you apart and you want to say like well the Wing Chun guy 
like what's what is the disconnect there a wing chun guy like they seem pretty deadly right like hitting, you know like it seems like deadly stuff and like when you get down to the core of it like they're trying to smack you in the jaw and the temple mm. or whatever like it's really deadly shit and then you know they get in like a street fight where it looks it seems like it's just all the, <laughs> when you start fighting in the street all the rules are out the window yeah <laughs> right you're you're not like you're like ah you could be mad but who knows what's gonna happen right if you if you're like acting like you're on a sunday stroll and you're that cool fighter on control then yeah you're probably well trained or whatever but who knows right like well you know that uh, that same phenomenon happens with tai chi people right where they get beat up by uh usually mma style fighters right yeah and so what i see when i see that is i see a person who has never trained properly for that situation. And, and, and this is, it's, it's, it's delusional to think that you can go up against a really well-trained, aggressive, intense, explosive fighter and not have had experience with that and still do okay. You're obviously, you're going to get overwhelmed. I mean, the intensity of a human being coming at you who knows what they're doing, who really is aggressively coming at you. That's not, something you can do you can't learn to deal with that in any other way but to deal with that like repeatedly deal with that yeah you'd have to know brazilian jiu-jitsu or whatever well you have have to you have to know principles that will allow you to actually deal with that now the brazilian jiu-jitsu is based on principles but these principles exist in other arts but i think and this is my point is like i don't know about wing chun so much so they don't know wing chun but i do know tai chi and i and and if you train tai chi uh, in the, in the context properly so that you deal with that kind of intensity you can make that work but you've got to actually just train that and get used to doing that in those contexts yeah like i feel like like a wing chun guy that was amazing and like had a hit with a lot of power and he was like he did like yeah, like i feel like that guy would do well in, in an average everyday fight against just you know somebody whatever that was untrained mm-hmm. right? but then like you said you get against like the mma guy who's a young explosive fighter the training like uh mixed styles and all mm-hmm. this stuff like that that one style yeah it's true yeah it's it's not gonna work as well i don't know or do you kick the guy so hard you take his head right off? <laughs> what is it like like it, I guess that's like the Bruce Lee thing. Like Bruce Lee was like this legend, and he they said he could tear a heavy bag in half with his sidekick at will. You know what I mean? Like I, it well, seems like some kind of power. Like the, he, I'm sure he you know guts with that. You're dead, right? Like, so. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Bruce Lee was <laughs> was like the reality of what a human being can do was really well sort of established through the UFC in that sense, where like, if you don't deal with just the gritty reality of another physically well-trained human being, you're just never going to know. You you just can't overcome that. Right. Like would would Bruce Lee have come out and just booted this guy over the top of the fence? (laughs) That's how I I want him to feel like that. Well, I don't know. He had a 700 pound heavy bag. Did you know that? (laughs) He had a 700 pound heavy bag that, um, he, that he would deal with on a daily basis. Huh. Well, and, yeah. And, I, and, and guys like that trained with him say he would kick in it and it would just freaking go. Hmm. Like, like it was. I'm, scary. A, I'm a little, I'm a little skeptical on his legend myself because, because I, I see how well he, he created his persona and how that can get 
drawn into all kinds of assumptions that come up. Um, I find it really strange that that um, that he died the way he did. I think that was something kind of strange about that. Oh no, it's not. <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein had an island <laughs> where, <laughs> where they would kidnap people and stick them in underground caves and steal <laughs> drugs and fuck them and kill them and do all this shit. And Bruce Lee made a movie called Enter the Dragon where a guy had an island and they were kidnapping people and sticking them in underground caves and fucking them and killing them. And, shit. and then he died during the filming of it. Or whatever. <laughs> Well, that's a that's a way to look that's at my it. that's my conspiracy okay that's my bruce lee because think about it man he did make a movie about that you're right enter the dragon that's you're what right about. uh you're right and then died during the filming <laughs> and then you know it was like yeah I, that I, sucks <laughs> it sucks all right yeah it's it's one hell of a way to get rid of him because it's like why did you let him make the movie at all then if that was the way like oh no he smoked hashish and his brain swelled up because he couldn't hack it because he was so muscly (laughs) 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 i don't know man like yeah he was so in shape that he actually was too in shape yeah that's that's what i've heard yeah that's what they say yeah (laughs) that's i've never heard of that anywhere else (laughs) he was too in shape yeah. So totally killed them. Well, he should I'll have took you, a needle from the government. Then he would have been healthy. <laughs> so I'll tell you. A, <laughs> I'll tell you a little bit of a tidbit that um, that, uh, that I don't know if I ever put this publicly, but I'm told by my teacher, whose teacher was a guy named Richard Kim, who knew Bruce Lee quite well. Uh, upon Bruce Lee's death, a person asked Mr. Kim, uh, "What? How did Bruce Lee die? What, what did he die of?" And Mr. Kim said. Bruce Lee died of, uh, Bruce Lee was, um, Bruce was a built, was a bully. He died, his karma killed him. And so I've always wondered what that really meant. Like his karma, his karma as a bully, who's he bullying? Right. It, it's like, uh. well, I guess he grew up in the Chinese street gangs. Eh? Well, he did apparently beat up, especially British guys. Um, when he was living in Hong Kong, apparently he would go around and sort of bully them, I guess. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know, but yeah, I, just following it a bit, I guess he was. It's a different culture, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, going back to the Shaolin thing, it's kind of funny when you start looking into it. Like people go there to yeah. learn and they start studying and like they're like, okay, get in middle split. And the, the person can't do it. Mm. And the, the monks make you do it because <laughs> they don't go, they don't care. <laughs> because uh, when they were little kids that's probably when they w- were there yeah and, uh, they, they, it's, it's tough training right like it's it's a different culture it's not the same as us like i don't know if i was going to go train there i'd make sure i could do the splits first <laughs> i wouldn't want somebody stick me in the splits when i still had a ways to go or whatever right yeah well you know i'm, I'm not doing the splits myself these days <laughs> <laughs> I'm working for middle split now oh, yeah. because the reason why is I feel like flexibility gives me more strength than anything does. Mm. Like the more flexible I am, the more strong I am. 
yeah it's almost like the fountain of youth your 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 tendons and connectivity tissue Mm. your tendons and ligaments need if they are like you know if you can do a split your life will be a lot easier and if you have shoulder mobility and stuff Mm -hmm. and you're not just like uh you know totally stiff yeah you're going to be a lot stronger probably because you can move your muscles into a different range of motion more easily yeah and you can access different parts and i'm not saying that it's going to make you stronger than, but like i just feel like yeah the more flexibility I'm, I'm, i've been training that my brother could always do the splits he was a hockey goalie and uh, whl and the echl and all this stuff yeah aihl <laughs> and uh he can do the split still today and he's really strong man like like it makes it gives him like an edge for sure it's really cool and well uh, definitely um make sure that the blood flow dynamic is maximized right so there's no hindrances it can really flexate but um, um i find that as i get older now um the flexibility is something i have to stay focused on because it's one of the ones that gets reduced if i don't immediately whereas like muscle tone tends to be as long as i'm just active it seems to be okay more or less yeah. but like i notice with my back if i don't stretch my back regularly um yeah. boy yeah so yeah, but truly yeah. uh yeah and because you're you're actively involved in martial arts constantly you you have to stretch man. yeah yeah like because you're doing crazy shit all the time and it's, <laughs> and yeah like muscles uh recuperate fast and connectivity mm-hmm. tissue takes like a mm-hmm. two-thirds as long or it, it's it's takes longer yeah so yeah. and yeah you can like touching your toes right uh, the pike stretch uh that one untrains on me quick <laughs> yeah but i'm if i keep at it every freaking day it gets better and better and better and better by increments yeah and and that's, stop for a little while then you're like, oh my god you feel like you're a statue again it's yeah like, holy shit but you know that's 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 what it all comes down to is that consistency right that keep everything moving and keep your head up and try not to get caught up in the insanity too much because boy is it insane and yeah. yeah so like um uh, with the growing up as I did on the res as a young child, uh, there was, I always had um, sleep paralysis hmm. and I would have night terrors. Mm-hmm. So like where you get up and walk around, you don't know where the hell you are and you're like cl- trying to climb the walls and shit and just like talking and not making any sense or whatever. Mm. Uh, but that's not sleep paralysis, that's night terrors, but like sleep paralysis also was is like when you can't move but yeah. you're, you're awake your eyes are closed you you're aware of everything but you can't move yeah and it's really freaking scary so you feel like sheer terror mm. and um so i dealt with that for years and years and years of my life uh up into my 20s and stuff where it, yeah it was getting really really bad on me uh Spent some time as an atheist, like when I was doing the metal early in the metal scene, mm. and it's like I don't believe in God, or I don't give a shit, or whatever, you know, like wearing satanic pentagrams and shit like that, and mm. uh, started to really get bad, um, more and more sleep paralysis and weirder and weirder night terrors, like mm. where I would be like trying to, you know, sleeping with my girlfriend at the time, I'd be like trying to snap her fucking neck while I was sleeping. And she had to like punch me her hardest and I just roll over and go to sleep and stuff like that. 
or I'd wake up and say something brutal and, and not remember in the mm. morning, right? So uh, the house we were staying in, it was in East Bend and it was like really old building. And I think that had something to do, it was very kind of haunted in my opinion. Mm. And going into the story, like, uh, so the sleep paralysis became a real ordeal for me. It was getting worse and worse and worse. And uh, you know, I sometimes you could snap yourself out of it by sheer will force of will but it was really hard to do and you just wake up just sweating or whatever huh. and so i went along and i started researching into it after it started getting really bad like that i called my dad and i'm like I told him what happened with my girlfriend he's like he said son i know you don't believe it but you should put your grandmother's rosary above your bed yada yada and i was doing this research this is back when youtube was different like you could just like look up it wasn't censored like it is yeah now. yeah I remember, you yeah. could find like crazy stuff yeah. anyway uh and i saw this one thread it was about something about sleep paralysis in the comments way down the comments and some lady said oh if you have sleep paralysis you just say jesus christ and it snaps you right out of it and i tried it and yeah it worked and it totally works and huh. uh, i do that i did that i started doing that and it always would attack me still more and more but less and less and less huh. and, less. and it, i would always say jesus christ and it would instantly wake up and you're fine really uh, but you say it in your mind's eye because you're paralyzed you can't say it with your mouth right but so i learned to do that and hmm. I still do that to this day. I don't get any episodes anymore, per se, but every once in a while. But I, I always know what to do, right? Huh. And I'll tell you, uh, this sounds really weird, I know, but like I, I just want to tell you about this because I feel like it's maybe this will help somebody else one day. Hmm. So I ended up staying in North Vancouver. And yeah, a lot of people say, oh, it's psychosomatic. It's just a hypnogogic dream or whatever. <laughs> I don't think so, man. <laughs> or you could say the flying spaghetti monster's name and it would snap you out if you believe in that, whatever. Hmm. I don't think so. I think what works, works. Anyways, um, this one time I was in, I, I was going through a really hard time in my life. and every, It was very black and hmm. I, I couldn't sleep, like uh, couldn't eat, stuff like that. And I was kind of distressed all the time and i didn't want to like sleep in a room or like i didn't i put my bed like in the doorway like <laughs> it sounds a little crazy but that's where i put it like just to deal with whatever ptsd i had from an event that was in my life right hmm. and uh i i went out and i got i smoked a joint and i got high and i came back in and i was like having a bit of anxiety like oh holy shit i got like anxiety from that and i laid down on my bed in the doorway and um i uh, i was having an anxiety attack i wasn't mm. asleep i just closed my eyes i was on the mattress and i started having a sleep paralysis mm. and in this one it was like sometimes it's like a, a lady and she's very beautiful and you want her to touch you but when she does she goes ugly and it's mm. fucking scary or sometimes it's like a shadow man slamming through the door and coming straight at you. Or sometimes it's, it's just nothing. It's like a weight on your chest that you perceive. Or But this time it was different. It was a squat midget shadow figure. Uh, and it came through the door. This is so weird. But like it had a Bruce Lee mask on because Bruce Lee is one of my heroes. <laughs> just, usually I say Jesus Christ, right, to wake up or whatever. I wasn't asleep, you know. And uh, I didn't. 
say that right away because I was thinking to myself, oh, Bruce Lee, that's pretty clever disguise or whatever. And then I said, Jesus Christ, really fast. Sometimes you got to say it three times, but I said it three times in my mind's eye. And yeah, it snapped me out of it. But before it did, that fucking thing grabbed me by the leg and it grabbed me with a grip that was really strong. Like, like I'm a big dude, man, 220, six foot. Like you get your ankle grabbed by somebody that's big and stronger than you. Like it's a weird feeling. And that scared the shit out of me. And I popped up, boom, and I clicked on all the lights and shit. And yeah, so there's some weird, I just wanted to, I wanted to tell that story because I, I feel like <laughs> you're a dark path podcast or whatever. <laughs> and also that might help somebody if you're dealing with a demonic energy. Well, yeah, so I appreciate you can find a way to deal with it too. Yeah, and I, I really appreciate you being willing to share that because um, I think that a lot more people have stories like this than you, you assume. Like, I think there's more of this out there than people tend to think. And so often people that have experienced things that can't be explained think they're alone. And, it, and it's good that they know that they're not. There's a lot of crazy shit out there. Now, I find it really interesting that for you, the word Jesus Christ became a flip of the switch in a sense like a way to, to counteract something do you yeah. do you consider yourself to be christian now because of that or did that influence yes. you that way yes yeah 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 mm -hmm. yeah okay and that, you, the thing is it not just work for me but for a lot of other people too yeah it's it's a common thing you will see if, if i always thought that everybody had sleep paralysis when i was growing up because mm. it happened to me so much i thought that's just the way things were and you just had to deal with it and you, yeah and but i then i found out later that nobody has <laughs> some people do but like most people don't and <laughs> when you yeah. bring up this kind of stuff they're just like you're nuts yeah or like you're you're probably a psycho or you're schizophrenic or but I don't think it's that, I don't think it is, man. Like it, it, it was, I was an atheist. I was dabbling with bullshit and I uh, opened, for me, uh, if you have strong medicine, you shouldn't do that. You know? <laughs> if you have strong medicine, you should be careful about where you put your attention. Yeah. You should be careful about, um, things that are sacred and how you mm. conduct yourself because i think everybody does have strong medicine you know and mm -hmm. so it, it matters uh how you it matters what you do and what you say yeah and 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 what you believe yeah it matters like to an extent and not to get all christian but like it's do i consider myself that i i mean i believe that jesus christ is the lord of life yeah because of his power to banish those demons or whatever that scary ass shit was that's the only thing that ever did huh. like nothing else worked and that, huh. for me that's really real huh. so like like yeah. for me that made a huge difference in my life and now my my life before i was like addicted to drugs really fucking miserable uh trying to do all this crazy shit and now it's totally different. Like mm. I had to switch my life completely around. I had to yeah. lose everything and rebuild from nothing, which was good though. And I feel way more contented now. And I feel like I got a family, I got a wife and a baby and uh, yeah. like yeah. 40, 41, 
it's really good like uh i've got so many blessings in my life that i can mm. to be thankful for and all this all these good things so and i feel like it's partially due to that for sure because it's uh a blessing force or a grace yeah upon me for whatever reason and i'm, I'm sure like you know uh i identify with that so and i, I love when i read like the, the the things that jesus said i think are really awesome and i usually agree with like i agree with that dude 100 <laughs> okay, yeah. I, I like it yeah so so that's that's kind of where i'm at now with everything and huh. I, I, having a background in metal i'm sure a lot of my old buddies would scoff and be like, holy shit like, no, but I, I don't i really i don't care I'm just living the life of what I'm living, right? Like, mm -hmm. I can only be who I am and, and be true about it and be honest and, and be proud of it too. And I, and I am. Yeah. And I wanted to share that with <laughs> you guys in, in case anybody's suffering from sleep paralysis, man. <laughs> it's, it's a dark place to be. And, and, you know, maybe you need to call out, you know. Well, you know, um, I've been getting more of an appreciation for the wisdom that Christianity um, contains because, of course, coming from a metal background myself, there was that whole anti-Christian vibe to it or, you know, theme to it. It's definitely sure. part of that. Um, sure. And it, but I realized where that's really easy to critique something in like a blanket, like kind of one dimensional way and just be like, you know, here's some thing they'll take super literal and just not even consider what it means on more nuanced ways and just denounce it. But um, um, thanks to uh, Jordan Peterson, I started to go, oh, wait a minute, that's a really good point. Oh, that's a really good point. And when I watched him do a, a, a lecture on the story of Cain and Abel, and he did like an hour and a half, two hours on Cain and Abel, and it's like a four sentence paragraph, right? Um, and it blew my mind. It was like so insightful. And I was just like, okay, something more to this going on here. But, um, but one of the things I think about with that a little bit, though, is like, I would imagine that your sense of Christianity, your connection to Christianity isn't interfering with any of your other spiritual beliefs, maybe some of your traditional beliefs and whatnot, and like how you would balance that kind of thing. Yeah, because like uh, I'm native and we, we smudge and stuff. Yeah, so for me, like, uh, yeah, I still smudge my house and stuff, you know, mm -hmm. and I do it like... In, the name of the creator god jesus christ uh so get out my feather my eagle feather and i you know and i'm not trying to be an idolater but i'm just like i, I feel like you know god made the, this is a sacred smoke or a sage whatever right mm -hmm. like it's 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 a it's an offering it's a cleansing it's 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 not supposed to be besmirching anybody and yeah you're always honoring the creator with your voice like when you're saying like in drum mm -hmm. honor god and honor your fellow man so i think as long as you're in that place you're pretty good to go you're pretty good to go uh yeah i i, I don't know yeah i guess uh, being a native uh and then w with a lot of the stuff that's going on nowadays that they, they call it col colonization mm. and so i think there are people that would think that that is a colonized way of thinking maybe I don't mm. know, but I, I know a lot of elders and they all believe in Jesus too, you know, so, mm. and I know they went to residential school, but uh, there is in our reservation, there was a residential school called La Jack. Mm. And in La Jack, there was a lady named Rose Prince and she was a little girl when she went there. She died there. 
and uh, they buried her and she didn't decompose. They didn't like dug her up years later. She was like the same as she was. They ordained her a saint. Hmm. And yeah, that's an interesting story. Like Rose of the Carrier, they call her. Huh, I didn't know that. Saint. Huh. And like, so so that's some really... guy had cancer and he was on his deathbed and they got the dirt from her grave and put it on him and he was fine. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, because that's really interesting though because it shows a an understanding that the institutional power that has become corrupt to the point of almost point of no return um, isn't the same as the teachings. Right. Yeah, they're incongruent. Like that whole Vatican, like that Vatican is really weird sometimes. Like, I, 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 like they got a telescope called Lucifer up in the Apache Death Mountains. Did you know that? Like Apache Death Mountains are sacred to the natives there. That's a sacred place. Yeah. They're mountain, man. Yeah. And the Vatican's like, no, we're going to set up this, Lu- this Lucifer telescope of ours. They, they called their telescope Lucifer? Yeah. <laughs> So, and then they, they get into this big court case with the Apache people like, so that they can take and stick this thing in their mount, sacred mountains and they win. So they, it's there. Oh. And why did they got to stick it there? Because yeah. it's a powerful place, probably. It's, it's powerful yeah. spiritually or whatever you want to call it, right? Like mountains. Lots of Native people have a sacred mountain, right? Yeah. And I, I, we do too. And I couldn't imagine anybody sticking something up there. That would be, <laughs> be freaking awful if they did that. Well, that's another thing that um, has historical sort of context is, is interesting is like, um, uh, like even in Europe, some of, the, some of the oldest Christian churches are built on pagan cathedral, like pagan structures, right? Like they, right. they, they, they kind of take, but again, the main, the thing that I really find fascinating though, is that you're talking about a, an acknowledgement of the separation of the wisdom and the value versus the corruption and the institutional element. Yeah. And like you mentioned before too, right? There's a lot of extreme tribalistic behaviors in the social media world right you know on this team or that team yeah for you to have that opinion um like that's not part of the the templates that you're allowed to have right like you're supposed to have this and this and this as your opinion if you're on this side of the fence and so it's it's refreshing to me because that's the kind of thing i want to hear from people is like i understand the difference between the elements that are causing problems and the other elements and i can suss out you know like that's so important i think so yeah like I, it seems to me like okay so jesus said if if you mess with children it's better for you if you had a uh, anchor tied around your neck and chucked into the ocean <laughs> that that's what he said i'm paraphrasing but he didn't say yeah. chuck chucked <laughs> but, and you know and he uh, and how you measure it out it gets measured back to you he says right mm. which is a scary thought because yeah. like, you measure it out it gets measured back like if if you back in the day were a fighter dude you go around kicking the shit out of you <laughs> you're just uh, yeah whatever like is it gonna come back to you or, or and like what he said about those children like he said that and then all these priests that claim to worship him went and abused all these children and yeah Weren't, aren't they scared of the, the wrath that the anchor on the neck getting chucked into the ocean thing? Like, come on, <laughs> me. like, like that you don't believe in what you're pushing, or well, obviously not. Obviously or, or, not. Or they're they maybe they like like the, if they were satanic, like wouldn't you do that under a Christian church front or a Catholic church front? Mm. like wouldn't you like yes we're the church and meanwhile you're doing all this diabolical shit in the basement 
and besmirching the name yeah so that's kind of like with the residential school and all that stuff it kind of, that's kind of smart and and then back to the human trafficking that's what it is mm. that's what that is it's human yeah. trafficking isn't it like yeah and they got all these children and there's like the one have you heard the one about the queen of england visiting kamloops residential school and then disappearing with like 10 kids and the guy willie combs willie combs was from squamish nation or whatever or seashell or i think i can't remember hmm. but then he he was like testifying on yeah. in the court of law and he was saying like outlandish things about the queen of england taking kids and then he died or went crazy in a mental mental institute yeah you know like uh, conveniently for whoever did the crime or whatever yeah that, that's you know that's one of these ones where it's like uh, because like i have different like sort of i would say frameworks that i can like, i'll deal with a person who's got a very normal mainstream conceptual conceptual understanding of the world and i know what what i can say and what and i can't say or what i what what the range of their expectation is right in that sense and then it gets bigger and smaller with different people but to anybody that i think will actually listen and can and think about these things in an honest way i say do you have, have you ever seen and i'm sure you have the um footage that alex jones got out of the bohemian grove situation and it's like what the fuck is that like what the fuck am I looking at here? Like, how is this a thing? And, you know, I can't tell you for sure what they're doing behind the scenes because I don't know. I don't know what the real detail is. But like, remember that old movie with uh, Dan Aykroyd and Tom Hanks called uh, Dragnet? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's old in my mind. Movie, Drag Dragnet. Yeah. With Tom Hanks and Dan Aykroyd. And they're like two cops that bust up a, a, a cult. Yeah. So yeah. Gonna, like satanic ritual. <laughs> <clears throat> the drug ring and stuff and yeah <laughs> kind of reminds me of that that bohemian yeah. stuff well but like really gives you the heebie-jeebies oh yeah like like they built an effigy of an owl god from the phoenician canaanite times like they built it like they yeah. it's not like that's not the kind of thing you do like 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 i might throw up a tent for the weekend right like that's a serious endeavor right like what the hell are you doing? And then um, I just recently watched a documentary on Netflix on Jeffrey um, Epstein and, and that whole thing. And I, I'm, I'm basically aware of most of it. But the thing, one of the things that really strikes me is, is the, the, the place on his island that he has set up that looks like a Turkish bathhouse that has these very distinct colors and stripes and there's a pattern in the front and it's it's like what are you doing in there like what what is this so yeah i i don't like going in to say i know what's going on because i don't know but i know that the signs are there that things are going on that are like way beyond what people think is normally possible in that sense yeah i mean uh, if you really want to go down the rabbit hole of like conspiracies like <laughs> like it's like cloning and fucking reptilians and cannibals and underground bases with torture tables and gray aliens and they're not aliens they're actually demons they're yeah behind the sun and yeah the fucking earth is flat and there's no space it's just a bunch of water up in the sky and water yeah. below and if you you want to get to space you got to go through down through the ocean and then <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah there's a lot that like because it like conspiracy theories right well yeah but see the thing is though is like 
I like to try to figure out where you can sort of get to the edge of no, the known, where you can get to that edge and say, okay, I know that this is happening, but I don't know much beyond that. Right. Yeah. And so like, so, so, so like the UFO thing, I think that's a really interesting one for this because there's a lot more information coming out to confirm that they exist to some degree in some way, they, these things, especially in the ocean, the Navy is, you know, very open now saying that they exist. Well, what are they? Well, you get into this conspiracy, like what, you know, the theories, but there's something there. There's something at the edge of the known that's flickering and saying, hey, you're not, you don't understand what's really going on in your own reality completely. There's more than you think here. Yeah. And if I, if I think if a person ever has a problem in that area, again, going back to the name Jesus Christ to save you from it is a good idea. Hmm. a good approach because those, those things i don't think they're from outer space i think they come from under the water hmm. i think they come from under the ground and i don't think they're alien in nature i think they're more demonic in nature hmm. and that's just a personal opinion okay <laughs> yeah. i am I and am. that's not you know I, I don't know that's the way i feel about it you know? yeah. and it's weird because i I never thought that way before, but just like that's kind of where I arrived at. Hmm. Yeah. So like I seen some weird stuff in, in the skies, you know. And well, isn't there also though the idea that the um, aliens are um are, are well there, there's at least contingents and there's some are beneficial and some are not. Yeah, there's these guys that are big blonde, human looking, beautiful people, and there's the, the gray ones and they're scary as shit, and then the red yeah. and yeah i've heard all that too it's yeah like, yeah it's pretty wild stuff like conspiracy theory world is <laughs> it just doesn't end man and i bet you truth is stranger than reality like okay yeah. so yeah let, let's pose this question we don't know crap but like we know what do we know we know that the government lies about stuff mm -hmm. now like say for instance sasquatch <laughs> how many people have seen this right like, and the government's like no 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 and they make it oh bigfoot it's like a, a monkey in the woods but the, the thing can like sh can like teleport and like mind speak and do all these things and there's been so many people in the world that have had these experiences and yeah and but it's a it's a big laughable joke and if you're a scientist, you better not go there or else you'll lose your, your mm -hmm. you better, you, then you're, you know, you're done. Right. Mm -hmm. So, but like, why not? Like, why would you not as a scientist go there? Like, is, and not the laughable shit, like a bunch of guys running around the woods, knocking on trees and whooping around in the night, but like, uh, like the science of it, like the DNA or whatever. And yeah, like uh, they lie about that so why why did they lie about it why like okay i'll tell you a little story uh a couple of years back 2018 uh there was a bunch of wildfires up in bc i mm -hmm. was on a fire crew i was the boss of a native fire crew hmm. we were out on the cluskers i had my buddy with me he was my right hand man and he's gone now he uh, disappeared in great slave lake huh sad to say but um back then we were firefighting and he told me like okay so i heard this from one or two people but the train went by the train went by close to here where it goes all the time it's part of our res and i guess he hit a baby sasquatch huh. and so the train he thought he hit a person the army came in and took the body they stopped everything and my friend is the one that drove the conductor away 
from the site and he was like oh my god he was like freaking out of his mind and my other friend that was out firefighting with me told me he, that he saw the the army there coming in to you know get the body or whatever whatever they do cover, hmm. cover it up hmm. is why fuck knows why why and you hmm. know it, it's it's uh we as the native people like if you see what's going on with soatan so it's natives, uh, and uh, I guess the Mohawks before the pandemic, the Mohawks covered. Uh, they blocked the train tracks. Do you remember that? Yes, yes. And everybody was freaking out and getting mad at natives and stuff. And then the mm. pandemic happened. You didn't really hear about it again. And yeah. So like, and when when they have a Sasquatch incident or something like this, the army comes in and takes. Does what like? Does what? With like, do well, they hunt hunt them down? And why? And are they connected to native people? And why? Because they seem to be part of us. Like they seem to be with us in our places. Huh? You know what I mean? Like, but is it like that? Or are they part of like the mists of Avalon? Huh? Faded back. You know what I mean? Like it's. Like, <laughs> It's a big mystery and the government lies about it. And I'm only saying that because they bring the army in to grab the body or whatever, or do what they do. And maybe they do that for our own good. I don't know. Maybe if you knew the truth, it would scare the shit out of you so bad you, you wouldn't be able to sleep at night, right? Like, you, know, like, you see how many people rush around the store buying toilet paper all the time. <laughs> Something goes, <laughs> any penny, the sky is falling and everybody's at the store buying up all the toilet paper. Yeah, right? yeah, I know, I know. Instead well, of getting a bidet or something. But see, I, I, well, okay, I think that, I think that one of the ways to explain the human race in the general sense is that we have a history uh, where we're, where Graham Hancock would say we have a, we're a species with amnesia. So we've forgotten so much about our, the bigger story of our history. And of course, yeah. and then what happened in that history? Well, something must have happened that really screwed up our, our psyche in some way that's the way to put it so um he always graham hancock this alternative historian always points to major cataclysms so like great upheavals and asteroids and all this kind of like you know like impossibility to live through situations and and so my thought is okay well if you were a human being and you had evolved a very sort of harmonious relationship to the natural world but then there was all these cataclysms it could create like a like a trauma-based experience where you disconnect a part of yourself and then you create a thing we call an ego that thinks of itself in, in isolation as a, it's distinctly not a part of that world that you can't trust anymore because that natural world has been so disrupted by all these other things. Um, and then you get a population of people like this and the greedy and most narcissistic ones are going to find themselves able to control the rest because they're all going to be like, you know, like neurotically looking for some way to not feel anxiety. There's always going to be that thing. And that seems to be like what the last 6,000 years is, is largely. And then like, you know, there's, there's the stories like the Jesus, you know, he shows up and he says a bunch of really profound, brilliant things, but then he gets killed. Cause you know, he yeah, can't get him. <laughs> yeah. He raised yeah. the He was healing the sick. Get yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. Because it upsets. <laughs> like, he's like Jackie Chan. He can't go anywhere without people lynching him. <laughs> yeah so so yeah it's it's 
It, have you read um Wilhelm Reich or is it is it Wilhelm Reich? I know who Wilhelm Reich the is. The other the not Carl Jung. I noticed you quoted Carl Jung, but the other guy. Uh, there was Freud, there was Carl Jung, and then there was yeah, well, Reich was a was it Reich? Wilhelm Reich was a student of Jung, I believe, because he was an archetypal yeah. psychologist. And he wrote this book called Why They Murdered Jesus or something like this. Have you ever read that? I've never read his book. Why they killed I've... Christ. And it's really interesting, man. Okay. It, yeah, you start reading this book and it's like it talks about like if somebody's really good, <laughs> the human race is gonna kill them. Well, yeah, but see, this is uh, this is another thing that I think that um, and I only just recently, in the last few years, really came to really appreciate was, um, and it, it isn't just Christ, but any figure that represents a, a perfection is a judge because you look at it and you're judged by it because you're not perfect. So you look at this being that's so profoundly perfect, and you know you're not that. It makes you either run away in terror because you're neurotic and you can't handle it, or become humble and actually say, okay, I'm going to work towards this end that I know I can't achieve because that's the humble approach in that sense. Um, so when people, so you can imagine, and I, it makes sense to me that if some person suddenly became so perfected as a person that they went out into society and started talking, the rest of society who's all fucked up and doesn't have that ability to look at themselves in that mirror would look at that person and just start labeling, projecting on them because they're making them feel their own lack of self-confidence, own lack of self selfhood. Yeah, or maybe they they know exactly what they're doing and they like it and they like to hurt other people, and so they gravitate to if they're smart. You know, there's a lot of people like that, and a lot of them are dumb. Hmm. And those, those are the guys that get caught for like doing stupid ass murders and stuff. But then there's like probably really smart ones that become judges. <laughs> politicians and like yeah. would, like wouldn't you if that yeah. was what you wanted to do was yeah. be a, a psycho controller or like killer guy like wouldn't you, wouldn't you just go like for something that would allow you to do that like being yeah. a judge for one thing look at that that court case that's going on right now Ghislaine Maxwell uh-huh you know what i'm talking about yeah and uh have you seen the judge on that one no and right away the judge is looks sketchy to just looking at this person <laughs> i'm a hypnotist i read body language and shit and i'm just like oh, yeah. like, like you know like demeanors right like huh anyway the judge right away was like the, the public should not know about any of the details of this well oh, that was the judge you said i heard that quote mm -hmm. in the story that was the judge yeah, so yeah Fuck. Judge. because of course they want to keep it all but who knows maybe they do have legit uh, altruistic legal reasons for doing that but i doubt oh, it yeah, theoretically. <laughs> you know what I'm it's always un under the veil of altruism oh and then going yeah. back to what you were saying about like you know it's almost like there was a, a an event that happened that ptsd'd everybody into an ego trip where you collapsed your world Mm -hmm. I remember Michael Sarian back in the day. That guy, was, oh, yeah, he had the cosmic abandonment theory. Yeah, like, but it was like something about like the human race getting abandoned here and left. I don't know. That, that that's way down. I used to listen to that guy a lot. I, he had like this ten-hour video on YouTube. It was uh, ancient aliens origins in Atlantis. That's it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Holy yeah. smokes! Like, <laughs> yeah. talk about going down a rabbit. I watched it. And, yeah. Like. 
Oh, he, I mean, he was a very smart man. Yeah, like, I like history, right? That guy's a historian, and he knows. And he puts it for us pretty dryly. But it's it's also very interesting. Oh, yeah. Well, there's something else that we don't know for sure in terms of our history there has to be more going on there i just can't see it being out of the way and then like what the ramifications of that are and all this stuff we don't really know but we also everything everything we've talked about has been able to has has all been been part of not only like this bigger story that humanity is telling itself and experiencing but also like the day-to-day minutiae of our lives to the political curve like it's all similar where the human being is not at peace within the framework of, of the universe and there's this disconnect and this tension that comes up from it and then all these behaviors spew out that are often terrible behaviors because of that like it's all revolving around that sort of thing yeah yeah. <laughs> so there you are. <laughs> Pretty profound. <laughs> yeah. I, I I remember I used to work on motorcycles. <laughs> and my uh, my mentor that was teaching me about, you know, Harley Davidsons and stuff, he was like, what did he say? It's real fucking fun to have your head up in the clouds all the time, but make sure your feet stay on the fucking ground. <laughs> yeah, well, there it is, right? <laughs> the day-to-day wisdom, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that's the kind of practical wisdom I live my life. But well, the, yeah, right. Yeah. But and there is like I do enjoy the, the the wild topics that are out on a limb. I, yeah, yeah. And, and indeed, my life hasn't been status quo, has it? Like, <laughs> I doubt yours has either. Like, I'm sure there's a lot of things that you've experienced that you can't explain. Yeah. and that like make you wonder too and just the nature of reality human beings such as we are people like what's our purpose who put us here yeah uh like did they engineer us like are we supposed to be worker slaves <laughs> like who knows you know like there's just well, okay. so so i think i think we're probably gonna try to look at wrapping it up here a little bit but i wanted to just make sure i shared this with you because i haven't seen you for a long time and this is uh, this is tying into that. Is if we're here to do anything, um, I, I can't imagine that we're here to do deviant and terrible things to each other. I just don't see the idea. That doesn't make any sense to me. Like the, the universe didn't create itself to torture conscious life. That doesn't make sense. Um, but I think that expression and and passion and and, and enjoyment and, and and camaraderie and connection and all these things are the things that I, I gravitate towards as what makes my life valuable and worth it and and why i want to get up in the morning and why don't take on the new challenges and so anyways there's been lots of experience good and bad in my life but one experience that i really value that i really liked was um years ago when you were living in surrey i think or yeah something like that yeah I came down and we recorded some guitar solos for the album i put out with chromatica right and um um you, I think you did two solos, I think, I'm pretty sure. Something and, like that. Yeah, and, and so the first one was pretty, was more straightforward. It felt like more like, you, you know, it was understandable what to do. It just sort of, and you did, it was great. But the second one, I was looking for this like wild, dime baggy, squealy, craziness thing. And we tried a bunch of recording of it. It didn't work and it did work. And yeah, you know, I was, I was okay. But then at like one in the morning, we've been drinking and smoking and everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you just did this crazy solo. It was perfect. It was just perfect. It was the perfect solo. And so it's still actually one of my favorite play points on that whole album is that oh, one true. solo at the end of a song called Finger Carrion. Um, and that, that, that's, that's life, right? That's, that's life. That's the value of it. So yeah. 
it's true yeah. and it could really come together like that where you just hit that solo and you're just like yep yeah <laughs> yeah i love those moments in the studio where you're just like so sure about yeah. what just happened and you just love it and it clicks oh yeah what was what and, you were looking for and maybe you couldn't get it yeah that's really cool and, and you feel like you feel like there's something bigger going on than just your little you know thing like there's something there that like came through at that moment that just brought everything together yeah it's like what do you think the meaning of life is like uh when before you were here who were you where mm. did you fucking come from man because it's, it seems like you just pop on the earth and like you don't remember anything before that right Mm. and then you have like like deja vu or whatever and it seems like you've been there before mm. or you know like and some people like it's almost like you made a promise to the creator before you came here mm. and there's something you're supposed to do that only you can do it and that there's a mark you have to hit mm. and when you when you sin sinning means to miss the mark that's all it means to miss the mark so when you're off like samson for instance like he put he put, put him on the earth to be an ultimate warrior kill the philistines or whoever it was i can't remember how that story goes but he was more interested in chasing skirts mm. you know and and living his own life not the path that was set before him whatever the promise of who he was that was supposed to be fulfilled and so he, he went about chasing Delilah until he gave her his ultimate secret of his strength. And, and then she betrayed him. Right. And cut it because he was living for the love of whatever. And she betrayed him. They burned his eyes out and stuck him in a, in a dungeon. And that is when he started to hear and mm. see clearly. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, that's when his feet got placed back, back on the path towards the mark. And I think that the whole Jesus Christ thing pulls you around to the mark hmm. from the sins or whatever. Like if you're off sinning over here, you're sinning over there. You're not anywhere near the mark of the promise you made to the creator, whatever. Hmm. The, the thing you have to do that you don't know what it is. Yeah. Right. Uh, but there's clues. Yeah. Eh? so i don't know this it sounds really weird but that's that's kind of the way i think about it so when i when i like pray i'm like i want to be on the mark like i want to be if if you get off the mark you're off on your own things but bring coming around to like the christ you know that brings you back to the mark so like right back on there hmm. and it's the it's the other thing and it's not that you should you shouldn't sin like uh you can sin all you want man see what it does for you <laughs> see how where you end up when yeah. you're doing that if you're out like you know doing that kind of stuff all the time yeah the see how healthy and happy and well adjusted you are after a bunch of that and yeah. i guarantee you it probably won't be very much but when you get on the path the right path to the mark whatever that is i don't know i'm not saying this is just a hypothesis of mine and i'm not saying i know everything this is just where I'm at and I'm, just, yeah, I'm sharing it for the sake of, like you said, we haven't seen each other for 10 years. So yeah, man, uh, that's, that's kind of a, the way I think about it. I, I like to try to be on the mark. Doesn't mean I'm a perfect person either, man, because I'm not, but uh, uh, just do, you do your best. Right. And yeah. hopefully 
hopefully when you leave them better than you found them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and, and, and as you're, as you're saying there too, is like your aim is high. Your aim is towards the good. You're, you're willing to stand up for that to some degree in, in the ways you can. And that's, I mean, that's to me, the only way we're going to get out of the mess that we're in, right. Is, is to keep aiming like that and keep having good conversations too, where people can yeah. really just openly talk. The truth, like you said, the truth, it's the truth will set you free. <laughs> yeah, I didn't we, say that. If we knew that, no, you didn't, Jesus said that, but like, it was like, it, you know, it's just another smart thing that guy said. <laughs> like, I could totally agree. Like, if you're getting lied to all the time, you can't make a proper decision, right? Can mm. you? But once you know the truth, maybe it hurts, but then you can peel off the band-aid and move on with your life yeah. you know, and rebuild, right? Like it yeah. Set you free. It, yeah, it that, sucks to face the truth. It sucks. It does, but you know, that, that that's part of what keeps me going is I have this this incessant sort of optimistic push that there's there's a good world ahead if if direction direction goes well and people keep that like i because if i ever woke up in the morning was like no, there's no hope then i don't I, I don't know how i get through my day right yeah and that's exactly it that's like not to focus on your three-foot world but live from a place of there is hope and this is awesome we are in the grace yeah. of god this is great i got water yeah like i can go have a nice thirsty drink of some lemon <laughs> and ginger it's cold it's refreshing and then i can lay on my couch and i'm feeling yeah. good i got my little baby I yeah got my wife like i feel awesome man yeah man. my world is great and no i don't want the goddamn government coming on me like stay the hell away from me man. <laughs> let me fish and hunt and be in the woods that's how i want to live I want yeah to build a house yeah. and and live off the land and and be a simple man that's all i need i'll play my guitar do some music like, yeah. yeah like that the simple things in life it's all i want all i need you know i don't need to be a rich kanye last mogul i don't, I don't need none of that stuff man never yeah. did yeah you know? well that should be the path that we all kind of aim at i would hope and hopefully we can hopefully we can get to a point too where the, the the neurotic people stop pushing everybody to behave the way they want them to behave and let people just sort of live their lives yeah and then uh maybe we can go see a show together or something again <laughs> Yeah, and I think the, the key, what's needed for the world in a word is compassion. Mm. Compassion. Yeah. Have compassion. Yeah. Oh my God, this guy's not vaccinated. He shouldn't be fucking in, he shouldn't be allowed in the hospital to get care. Just have some <laughs> compassion. Yeah. Just have some compassion. Yeah. Like that's all that's needed here. We don't need to throw each other under the bus. <laughs> that, <laughs> we just need to have compassion for each other. And that's it, really. Like, yeah, I'm pretty I sure that could solve the whole deal. Yeah. But people so, have um, to stop lying and, and hurting the children. Oh, have you yeah. ever heard that Pink Floyd song, uh, The Gunner's Dream? Gunner, no, sorry? No one kills the children anymore. That's what he said. It's Pink Floyd. Oh, that's like what the album, After the Wall. I think it was the album After the Wall. Okay, I, maybe, but it's vague. Yeah. yeah, it's vague, but it's the lyrics are powerful. Holy smokes. Huh. Yeah, the gunner's dream. Well, I like what you said that I guess Jesus said was like, you know, throw a chain around their necks if they hurt children, right? Throw them in the ocean. Yeah, that's what he said. That's that's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah but, he, wasn't um, a, he wasn't about hurting children. Oh, God, how can you... How can, I, I can't even fathom that sometimes. Like, yeah, it's scary, eh? Like, to think about, like, oh, man, like, that whole residential school, it sucks, dude. Oh. there's okay yeah one more thing the mm. jack residential school the one that's over here or was mm. over here 
the one that I guess we we could lay claim to in a way, in a scary, mm. dubious way. There were three little boys that tried to, or four little boys that tried to run away from there in the winter, and they froze on the lake over here mm. and died. One of them went back, but they they, they tried to escape and froze. Yeah. And so they want to tell that story about the, they want to tell that. The world needs to know these stories. Yeah. You know, so we're, we're working on that. We're working on a script for it. And we're going to try to make a little production. And this is just, you know, internal stuff. This isn't Hollywood or nothing. This is just us. Huh. Uh, the Dakath people working on our, our, our alternative historical account, working on our self-governance and huh. uh, yeah, all these things that we're starting to do. And I, I would really, yeah, I was very hopeful for people to come together, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that that's also what needed, like, is that compassion for your fellow man to come together, no matter what race you are or yeah. gender or whatever. Yeah. Let's not uh, spit on each other or condemn each other and yeah. you know let's let's come together and, and yeah. for the for the good of all it sounds so uh silly to say that but like that is, yeah that's, that's isn't that what's needed here yeah. it seems like, so simple man Just, no but you know it's everything's complex so we yeah. could talk about it forever we can but it's I been mean, a good talk it has, it really has. And, I, and, that's a, and that's a good note to leave it on though, because is, yeah. is, 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 as much as it's simple, it, it may not be easy, but it is the aim and it is the goal. And it is what we both can agree on completely. And um, yes, exactly. The other thing I was going to say though, is um, you did mention that you're working on some, some really interesting historical sort of productions, it sounds like in that sense. Yeah, film, yeah. But is there, is there any websites or even with, uh, with your band okay. or anything you want to plug? Yeah. Uh... <clears throat> I don't know if anybody would be inter interested in the hip hop project that I've been doing, but it's called Cataclan. Cataclan. Yeah. And we have a big hit called Good Time Chi. <laughs> and then the metal band that I was in was called Omega Chrome. And yeah. I, I, for me, I feel like our best work was this album, Beyond Control. From yeah, I remember. That <laughs> was pretty fun and cool. Yeah. And I got some new songs of metal that I want to put out, but I don't know if I put it under that old banner or some new thing, mm. I think. And uh, the film stuff I've been working on is all for my job right now. So it's, I don't really do any of my own. Like I, I did the Nanguat Shapeshifter. Hmm. So you can look on YouTube under a channel called Memory Keepers and Storytellers. Huh. And that's the channel, Memory Keepers and Storytellers. And a lot of it's just elder interviews or like uh, res uh, business going on. <clears throat> But some of it's like those stories, like the cave oh. or the shapeshifter. Okay, like that. that's great. I haven't done a lot of those ones, but the more, as they would call it, mythological or legendary. But, huh. and again, as the elder said, that's not a legend, that's just our history. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's uh, I, I, for me, I think I, if I ever made a, a movie of my own, I don't know what category it would be. <laughs> like of my own projects and my own volition but right now i'm working for the people trying to get their stories yeah. told and get well that's really cool recorded. yeah because the elders aren't going to be here forever man. yeah 
And so I want them recorded in 4K with a hi-fi audio yeah. and stuff like that. And that's what I've been working on. <laughs> and then that, like the story about those children that froze and stuff like that too. Yeah. It's gotta be told. And it, yeah, it's not gonna be big budget anything, but it will tell the story. And it that's, am- that's amazing. That's amazing. I'll make sure that um, um, when I post this, there'll be a link to that if you want there. Cool, yeah, yeah, yeah. Link away, link away. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's about and- it. Okay, yeah, no, man. Um, I, I, yeah, thank you. Thank you for spending some time and chatting and, and thank you for being honest about some of this stuff because it's not stuff people here talked about every day and that's great. And so hopefully in the future, we'll get you back on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. We say in DACath, we say thank you. Snitchalia, like that. Snitchalia for listening. Snitchalia? Thank you. Thank you. Snitchalia. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Snitchalia, yeah.